Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on episode 10, season two of the standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. Good evening, Richie. It's another good round of footy. Um, had a surprise Broncos win in a stressful Warriors match. What did you think of the round? Evening, Brad. Uh, the round was fun as always, but like you, I'm a bit of a footy nerd, so, you know, I was always going to have have fun watching it. Uh, yeah, um, the Warriors game nearly sent me into cardiac arrest, but other than that, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> And while we're here live on Wednesday evenings at 8 p.m., you can also catch our show via our podcast on iHeartRadio at your convenience. As always, we're going to be covering everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week, a review of the Round 8 matchups, and our picks. We'll then stop and answer some questions uh, from all of you, as well as some questions we have for each other. Um, then we'll go into a preview of Round 9 and make our picks um, before ending the night with some overseas and Super League news. So tune in to get your rugby league news and remember to send us comments and questions throughout the show. Let's just get into the top stories of the week, Richie. Um, sure. The first one, first one I've picked was um, the the new um, CEO for the Broncos um, had a bit of a press conference this week and he said that he's sick of teams poaching the Broncos talent, um, labeling them vultures and saying that there's no point of developing players if they all just get stolen off you. He wants the NRL um to sort it out. I don't think it's really possible to keep everybody and the Broncos have had no issues in the past taking talent from other players uh, or other areas. Um, a lot of their uh, big names that they like to talk about so much all came from Gold Coast. So um, what are your thoughts on it? You kind of took the words out of my mouth a bit. Uh, I find the I find it a little bit hypocritical. <laughs> you could rattle off a whole list of players that the Broncos have taken from elsewhere, but it's it's pro sport. What are you doing? You know, this is this is the model we're with now, and and money talks. Exactly, and um, I actually listened to an interview with Phil Gould when they breached the subject, and um, he basically said he rattled off a name of like. 10 to 15 players all over the NRL right now that all came from the Panthers' um, development. 
and um, said you, you can't keep everybody and like the Panthers that we see now give it three or four years they're going to lose a lot of those goes too because of the salary cap and that's the whole reason they got a cap in the first place and um, I think the Broncos have just spent a long time being a club that players would take a pay cut to go to or to stay with and that's just not the case anymore because they're not the power that they once were and I think they're just mismanaging a whole lot. I, we talked last week about um, Tommy Dearden leaving them to go to the Cowboys, and they didn't even table an offer to him. So yeah, you can't really expect players to stay if you're not even showing that you want them to. Yeah, it's probably a little bit of an emotional um, hit out from him. You know, looking at some of the players they've lost this this year and the previous year with Sam Walker. Uh, obviously, Walsh has come to us, and now Xavier Coates as well. So, you know, they're they're losing a lot of quality, and I think that's probably his way of hitting out at that. And evening, everyone. Uh, so we've hey, got everybody. Jordan, Wilson, and Nigel in. Um, yeah, so the next bit of news, we'll keep with the Broncos, may as well. Um, Xavier Coates is rumoured to be going to the Storm next year. Um, there hasn't been anything official, but everyone's reporting that it's basically a done deal. So um, it's another top-tier talent that's leaving the Broncos. Um, the Storm were uh, quite a, a, a strong power, so I don't see why you wouldn't jump at the opportunity if the Storm want to take you. Um, and he would kind of fit into Josh Adekar's spot quite well. So um, pretty good signing for them, but yeah, big loss for the Broncos. Well, yeah, I mean, they've just, uh, he's just made his origin debut last year and, and they couldn't really afford to lose somebody of his quality. But like you say, Josh Adokar departing the storm, they, they need to fill that hole and he's pretty good. He's a pretty good guy to fill in that hole for the storm. Yeah, so I'm, I'm assuming by the time we have our show next week, this news will either be confirmed or denied. So um, we'll have more on that for you next week. Um, but uh, the Broncos have managed to keep one player. Um, Katoni Staggs has signed a four-year deal um, with them, which is great news for them. Um, I think he's um, he was kind of the the only good player last year, um, and they've really missed him this year with his injury. But to see that he's stuck, um, he's sticking with them is probably a good sign for them. Um, they've just got a they just need some halves basically. Um, and I think everything else will sort itself out. Was was he keen on playing in the halves? I kind of have heard that he's keen on becoming a six long term. Um, kind uh, of ironic though, isn't it? Like um, it's taken a New South Wales uh, player to be loyal to the Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just the talent they've let go. You think um, Katoni Stagg stays, if they had kept Sam Walker and Reese Walsh, there's your halves for the next, you know, four or five years. Um, it's just, yeah, I don't know what they're doing. I, I think um, their recruitment needs a um, a serious reshuffle um, yep. with who they've got there, but um, at least they've got one. Um, out of all the players they've lost, they've got one signed, so that's good, and um I'm sure we'll have some news in the next couple of weeks on any players that potentially will sign with them um, on top of that. Um, next bit of news, um, the Warriors, 
um, have turned down an offer to have Sean Johnson return to the club after management took feedback from senior players in the squad. Kind of interesting to hear that players don't want him back. Yeah, I, yeah that, I thought that was quite interesting. Um, but, you know, I think with Sean, maybe that ship sailed a little bit. I, it depends how he bounces back from his injuries. You know, if he bounced back and looked a million bucks in the next few weeks, then I'm sure the drums would have been beating within the Warriors fans' ranks to um, <laughs> make a play for him. But I think with the way he left the club, you know, the bridges were burnt a little bit. You agree with that, Brad? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I know um, the heat of the moment after every after everything that happened happened, um, Sean said some stuff that he probably would like to take back. He kind of um, threw the forwards in particular under the bus, saying that, you know, you can't expect him to play with players that aren't pulling their weight. Um, I agree on some parts. I think back when he was there, the forwards weren't really doing their part. Um, but, yeah, I can see a player sitting there after being insulted by a player to not actually want him to come back. So I can see both sides. Um, like you said, he's just come back from injury. You you can't really determine um, how good or how bad he is right now, and we don't really know how much money his management were trying to get out of the Warriors to bring yeah. him back either. Um, and I think we've seen it now with Reese Walsh and, and everything. They're, they're kind of looking for players that they can get at a lower cost um, that will actually be worth more by the time their next contract comes, as opposed to paying a player a million dollars now when they're only worth half that. Um, so, yeah, time will tell with that stuff there. But, um, yeah, interesting times. I, I I want to see what the the Warriors are thinking about for their 2022 uh, lineup, where they're going to have everybody. But um, Cody Nikarima has um, activated his um, his player clause, so he's definitely going to be there next year. So I think you're going to look at a Chanel, Cody, Egan, Walsh spine. Um, it'll be interesting um, to see. I I'd probably move a few players around, but. We've just got to wait and see and see what other players they potentially bring in. Yeah, I think I've just seen um, Nigel's comments pretty interesting too. Um, I just heard the same thing that uh, Nathan Brown was saying. If uh, Chanel Harris-Tavita is fit, they might look at uh, playing him. So I'm not sure what that'll mean for Walsh and Nikarima and who gets who gets ousted, but it'll be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. I feel like if they do bring um, Chanel back straight into the house with Cody, I think Walsh would probably move to the bench. I think he's just too—he's got too much talent to completely leave out of the seventeen. So you could find him come into the fourteen and be kind of a utility to either come on at dummy half to add some spark, or potentially bringing him into the halves and moving Cody um, to hook. Um, with Nathan Brown, you never really know what's happening to an hour for kickoff, so I'll, I'll just wait, wait and see until um, three o'clock on Sunday to see what team is actually coming out. Um, but we'll continue with the Warriors train. Adam Fanor Blake um, announced after our show last week that he doesn't need surgery and he's going to be out for roughly four weeks as opposed to a longer time. So great news for the Warriors in about a month's time. They're going to be 
basically full strength again. Yeah, brilliant. I was pleased with that. Uh, just kind of hope he he's coming back and he's going to operate somewhere near his um, full fitness. Hopefully he's not coming back and, and putting any, any injuries at, at risk, you know. If he comes back and he plays anything near full fitness, then that's great for us. Yeah, 100%. And um, more worries news before we go on to other clubs that exist. Um, Paul Turner's announced that he's leaving the Warriors and will join another club from next season. No word on who it is yet, but there's a lot of rumours that it's the Titans. Um, the The Warriors did offer him a deal, uh, but he's he's said he doesn't want it and wants to go elsewhere. Um, I think he, he wants an opportunity and he wants it now, which um, you can't fault him for when you've seen what's happened with Reese Walsh. Um, to be honest, I don't see Turner making it into the starting lineup next year either. So I um, think it was wise for him. Um, hopefully, wherever he goes, um, he makes the most of it and um, becomes quite a handy little player for wherever he is. He will, mate. I think he'll he'll become a decent player wherever he goes once he's back fit. But, yeah, there's a lot of competition for spots here. So, you know, I think he wants to go somewhere where he can have a good crack at first grade and, and show his wares as a first grade player. So good luck to him. You know, I think he could have been an uh, awesome player for the Warriors, but it'll be somewhere else. Yeah. Um, I think, though, if you asked a lot of people, if you had to pick between him and Walsh, I think Walsh has more upside yeah, than you definitely. can see right now. So I think the Warriors have made the right call with who they've picked there. Um, but next bit of news, Isan Masters has signed with the Titans effectively immediately. Um, he wasn't getting a lot of game time, and the Titans have snapped him up. I think it's a good signing for them. I think he's a very good player. And, um, yeah, hopefully we'll see a bit more from him. Yeah, he is. Yeah, it's a good signing for them, especially it's effective immediately, isn't it? Because I know they've got a uh, couple of injuries in the outside backs that they that they're gonna want to um, plug that hole. So, you know, hopefully yeah. he goes over there and yeah. hits the ground running, can um, get them back on track, help get them back on track. Yeah, they they need some help there. So um, yeah, good move for them. And um, more signing news: Scott Drinkwater um, has re-signed with the Cowboys for two more years from today. Um, good good deal for him. It'll be interesting to see what they're going to do with him because they've kind of got their halves um, sort of for next year with Tommy Dearden and Chad Townsy going there. Um, Valentine mm. Holmes is out in the fullback. So I don't know if they're going to look at him just there fighting for a spot or if they're going to try something else and maybe move him into the centres or something. I'm not sure. Um, I was secretly hoping that the Warriors could try to pick him up. I thought he would be handy for them. but. Um, Good to see him get his future sorted now um, so he can get that weight off his shoulders and um, hopefully help the Cowboys um, improve. Yeah, it will be interesting to see where he fits in because, like you say, they've signed two new halves, gone out and spent the money on a couple of new halves, and, and Valentine Holmes is uh, in a team that's sort of been a bit up and down this year. He's made you know every post the winner at the fullback position the past few weeks. He's been really good there and, and really important for their for them turning their fortunes around. So, yeah, good, a good signing. He's a good player. So um, just interesting to see where he ends up playing. 100%. And I saw Nigel um, made a comment about David Fustua. Um, there's, uh, yeah, there's been talk that he, he's been struggling. Um, 
mentally and um, football isn't at the top of his mind. He's going through some things. Um, hope everything works out for him. Um, and, yeah, I'm sure when he's ready to discuss whatever's going on, he will. Um, so, yeah, I won't speculate on whatever's going on. But, yeah, mm. hopefully um, he gets through. Uh, I've heard the Warriors are giving him all the help that he needs, which is great to hear. And, yeah, hopefully um, he overcomes whatever's going on right now. Yeah, for sure. And it makes a bit of sense, actually, you know, because he hasn't looked the same player as he did in 2018 2019 um yeah best of luck to him you know he's he was one of my favorite players a couple couple years ago clocking up lots of tries so yeah hopefully he's okay and uh next bit of news tj perinara we've talked about him for a few weeks about will he won't he um make the jump the the roosters have officially offered him a deal for the rest of the season for 150k um, there's been no word on if he's going to take it up or not. Um, with the new rules, the, um, you can sign. Um, we've still got a few more months before you officially have to have your, your team set in stone. So he does have a bit of time to mull over. Um, the amount of injuries they have, though, I, I'm sure they'd want a decision sooner rather than later. I think we'll see a decision, uh, you know, fairly soon because I think his commitments commitments in Japan um come to an end in the next couple of weeks so yeah um yeah i think we'll have some clarity around that pretty soon it'll be interesting he'd be a good player i reckon yeah i think so yeah it's a similar position that he's gonna be asked to play i think just um go into dummy half get the ball out quick and if you see a whole run which is kind of what he does now so um be i'd be very interested to see him actually get out there and play Midley, i'd prefer him to play for the warriors than the roosters but um the roosters just get everything so um may as well let them have this one too um next bit of news craig bellamy's um rumored to have agreed to extend his stay as the coach for the storm for at least another year um i think there's been a bit of pressure to kind of get him to stay because there was a lot of players that were kind of making the decision that if Craig actually leaves, we might look elsewhere as well. So um, I think they've made a good decision. Um, I don't really see anyone else in the Storm um, structure that could take over as head coach. Um, I don't think um, I don't think Stephen Kearney is going to be getting that gig. And um, so I think they, they probably want a bit more time to find um, the right replacement because that's got to be one of the hardest jobs to kind of step in after Bellamy's been there for so long and given them so much success. Um, to be the first coach after Bellamy would be quite daunting. So I'm sure they want to make sure they get the right guy and um, having an extra year at least is going to help them. Oh, as long as he's there, they'll march on as a powerhouse club. Massive boots to fill. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see who gets, gets a spot once he goes, but... Um, I think some of the chairs in the coaching box and, and the windows will, will get a reprieve once he's gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. yeah, he's a very passionate man. Um, he is. And then um, before we get into our, our reviews, we've got one more bit of news. Um, Brent Morris um, tore his ACL um, and his career appears to be over. Um, 
horrific to watch and um, heartbreaking seeing him in tears in the changing rooms. Um, one of those great players that we've seen in the modern era of the NRL and um, he deserved to go out on his own terms. But unfortunately, um, sport can be a cruel mistress and not a lot of players get that luxury of going out on your own terms. So um, hopefully he comes back and um, comes back stronger than ever. And um, I know he's, he's stressed his desire to go into coaching. So I see that he'll probably be involved with the Roosters in some aspect to learn his craft from uh, Trent Robinson there um, next season. I think it's even more heartbreaking that he was playing the house down this year. You know, he was he he was fire, firing on all cylinders and and it happened right towards the end of the game in the last two to three minutes. So, yeah, you yeah. don't wish that on anybody. But, yeah, it was heartbreaking to see the scenes afterwards and, and the sheds with his brother. And, yeah, you wish him all the best because he's one of the class acts of, of, of the NRL. Yeah. Definitely. And um, before we move on, Simon just mentioned, I was going to cover it at the end of our um, overseas news, but may as well do it now. Lance O'Hai has got a coaching job with um, the Osman, uh, Austin Armadillos. That's a bit of a mouthful. Um, in the American competition we discussed a few weeks ago. So um, good to see Lance still involved in rugby league, um, especially over in the United States where he is. Um, so, yeah, great to see him still um, contributing to the sport. It's a long way from Huntley, isn't it? <laughs> One of my favourites back in the day. So, uh, you know, good for him. Good for yeah. him. Um, yeah, so that's all I've got for the news at the moment. As we know, with news, it pops up all the time. So if there's anything that breaks through the show, we might have time to discuss it. But let's get into the round eight review, Richie. Sure. Um, Thursday night, we had the Rabbitohs defeating the Raiders 34 to 20. Um, what was your thoughts on this game? I felt... But- a little bit sorry for the Raiders because they actually were competitive for a lot of it. But um, as the Rabbitohs have done, you know, they even when the chips have been down, they they find another gear and, and find a way. So, and yeah, it was just interesting. Uh, a couple of those late, a um, couple of those tries rubbed out at the towards the end with with obstruction, which which were, you know, well by the letter of the law, yeah, you 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 got to say. By the letter of the law, they were, but whether or not one of them was Benji milking it a bit, and and the other one, uh, the defender slips over, and but you know, at, at the end of the day, I think the Rabbitohs were still a little bit of class above. What did you think? Yeah, yeah, Benji, the the Oscars had already happened, but if um, <laughs> if they were another month away, I think he would have been in. Um, yeah, I've never I've never seen a better performance. Um, Ricky Stewart was obviously very upset about those calls. Um, I can, uh, the luxury of not being a Raiders fan or a Rabbitohs fan, I can sit on the fence and say I can see both sides. Um, if it was the exact same game and it was the Warriors that that happened to, I'd be on Ricky's side of the fence saying that was rubbish. I know it's the letter of the law, but you've got to have some common sense in there as well. But if I was a Rabbitohs fan, I'd be like, oh, Benji, you know, you're pretty clever. Um, yeah, you take that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, by the letter of the law, they weren't tries because of the way the laws are. But, yeah, I think I think if it had gone the other way, you wouldn't have been screaming, that's not a try. So, yeah, I, the Raiders are just a mess. I, I don't know what's happened. Um, they're imploding. They're not, they're not playing for 80 minutes. Um, they got 
senior players um, not interested in playing. Um, they've yeah. got you've got partners of players um, having goes at Ricky on um, oh, I social saw media. That. Yeah, um, it's we were discussing it here at home um, that the Raiders have been so used to winning the majority of their games and having a winning culture, and now that they're losing. It's all just unraveling, which happens when when things aren't going well. Um, you start to um, get a bit prickly, and I think that's what's happening. And Ricky Stewart's prickly at the best of times, he but um, yeah, they just they need to start winning again, and I I don't know how um, they're going to do it, but I think if they can stop dropping off, and they they seem to fall apart once you hit the sixty minutes. Um, it's a bit like the Warriors of old where teams will come saying they're going to give us as good as we get but after that once you get into that 61st minute that's our time and we'll come back and I feel like that's kind of what's happening with the Raiders now um, keep with them for an hour and then in that last 20 um, that's when you can get past them I still think that they have too much quality to miss out on the 8 and I think it might just take a game or two where they where they get a good result, which which might start turning things around. Yeah, I think it's just a confidence thing. I think a, a few more wins under their belt get the confidence back, and they'll be back to uh, back to what they've been expected of. And I think once Chance returns as well, um, I think that will help. I think they've missed him a lot. He's kind yeah. of a little bit of a um, a lightning rod for their attack. And um, yeah, I think once you see him back. Get a couple of wins, confidence. They'll be back on track. Um, see Simon's put. I I do not think partners um, should get involved in the management of the club. Yeah, it should be done in private. I I can kind of see um, they're kind of fans too, same as we might go out on social media and say the ref was rubbish or we need to drop the coach, but they have an invested interest where their partner or their son um are getting paid by the club and the last thing you want to do is get a little black mark next to their name because of you so mm. i think that stuff is um private as well i agree um they're just they're they're obviously very passionate and want to see their team succeed but yeah when you've got that much um investment in the game due to who you know um you should probably keep that stuff a bit quiet it was a fair dig she had too. She didn't miss the mark. <laughs> no. Um, and yeah, un- unfortunately for her, I actually agree 100% with her. Um, I think um, they really needed to bring um, her husband back on the field a lot quicker than what they did. Um, yeah, I think um, Simon's put Stuart's been around too long with the Raiders Club. I think that's true. Um, mm. um one of the, the places I write for, um, the editor is a Raiders fan, and even he said, well, they might need to move him on um, because he's got a bit long in the tooth and whatever's happening, he's not helping. But who do you bring in? There's, it's not like there's a lot of quality coaches just sitting there waiting for a job. So um, I think he'll survive, but they need to make changes. And Friday, we may as well, well we'll stop talking about the Raiders, otherwise we'll be here all night. Um, Friday night, we had the storm wiping the floor with the Sharks, forty to fourteen. Um, 
not really much to say about this match. I, I thought the first half wasn't that flash. Um, I think we were even talking during this game saying if um, the Storm played like they did in that first half against the Warriors, we probably would have beaten them um, instead of getting like 50 almost put on us. Um, but yeah, that second half, once the second half started, whatever Bellamy said in the sheds kind of worked because the Storm came out and scored seven tries in that second half. And um just looked scary to be honest if i could make a an easier word and um i think once ryan pappenhausen returns um they'll go straight back into that high gear they just got to make sure they start better yeah exactly they didn't look themselves in that first half but yeah like you said whatever bellamy said at halftime they came out in the second half looking like the real melbourne storm um yeah yeah he must have had a good good go at him but yeah what a what a player Remus Smith is turning out to be. Um, Bellamy's just got a way of taking these um, taking these players and, and taking them to the next level. Yeah, I think it definitely helps that you've got a lot of quality players around you as well. Um, but, yeah, he just knows how to get these guys. You look at Nico Hines. Um, he's had to step in and replace Pappenhausen, and he, he's done a pretty good job. He's, um, he's definitely not the same level as Pappenhausen but he's definitely a handy talent um there's not too many sides that can bring an understudy in and keep that level um the same um so yeah very good for them for the Sharks though it, it's a long season ahead um they already got the interim coach after sacking um Morris and um the players that they've got there aren't playing at the level they need to be uh, I think if they keep going this way, they're not going to make the eight, um, which is a worrying sign um, for Craig Fitzgibbon when he takes over this side. It is. Um, but, you know, Craig Fitzgibbon's got some pretty good reps on him as a coach, and, and I think they brought him in uh, with keeping in mind that he he can attract some good players to the club, and you, don't, you never know. They might have... Um, one Adam Reynolds signing on the dotted line in the next few weeks and next year's all of a sudden looking a little bit better for them. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, this year's not um, looking too great. No, and I think I think Sharks management kind of know that. I think they brutally being brutally honest, I think they don't really care if they make the eight or not this year because they're focusing on the new direction they're going to go next year, which probably isn't good for um Sharks fans to hear, but it's just an honest opinion on um what they've done so um yeah long time ahead uh, makes the warriors chances for making the eight better which is always good for me so yep um I'll, I'll i'll take that one um the last game on friday though we had the broncos defeating the titans 36 to 28 um didn't see this one coming and to be honest after the first 13 minutes it looked like it was time to go to bed because the titans were going to put a cricket score on but um, the Broncos, they just, instead of dropping their heads, they came back in and they um, they dominated the Titans, really, after that little flurry at the start. It was um, crazy. Um, what did you think about it? It was uh, crazy is the, the perfect word for it because, um, what was it? Was it 14 minutes? 14, 15 minutes? Yeah. And, and, and it looked like... Uh, you know, oh, here's, here's the Broncos we all know and love for the past year or two. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Someone flipped the switch, was, and then all of a sudden, Izako, who was looking terrible in the first 10, 15 minutes, was looking like a superstar for the rest of the match. And, and yeah, what what they managed to pull off was pretty special. Yeah, and um, I think a big key for it is um, they obviously know David Fafita quite well, and they did a great job of keeping him quiet. Um, not too many teams can say they've done that this year. The Warriors did it in round one. Um, but yeah, I think they they said in the first half he ran the ball four times, and then in the second half when the Titans really needed something to happen, they just stopped going to him. Um, it actually got infuriating for me because um, I I wanted to get the pick right, and um, there was a lot of times where they'd go out to his side, and then one of the props instead of flicking it out just did a a straight hit up and their whole momentum just died and they just look lost and mm. they they've got the talent to be a top eight side, but this is the second game in the last month where they've had the game in control and then just let it slip and you let games like that slip and you're not going to make the eight. For sure. But I think you've got to give a bit of credit to the Broncos. You know, they made some changes to their team, which, which, Pay dividends. I thought Tyson Gamble at seven had a had a pretty good game for his first outing for the year, and, and he sort of let Anthony Milford do what Anthony Milford's good at doing and, and run the ball. and um, And Gamble showing a lot of passion and was was <laughs> found found himself on on the wrong side of a couple of Titans players. Um, yeah. I think he had a he could have won an Oscar too for um, <laughs> the play where he he sort of. I think AJ Brimson tackled him and, and Tyson Gamble sort of just fell over and, and acted like he got pushed. That's the way I read it. But And then Brimson, Brimson yeah. got sent to the bin. But, yeah, I think you've got to give a bit of credit to the Broncos. They they played really well after they, they bounced back from the bad start. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I saw um, Simon mentioned as well that the ex-Cronulla Sharks coach could be a good candidate for the Raiders. 100%. I think um, what Morris has done or did at the Sharks. Um, he kind of got that job out of nowhere when Shane Flanagan got um, suspended. And I think what he had done with them, the Sharks were never anything great while he was there. To, they would lose to everyone above them and beat everyone below them, but he kept them in the playoffs. And, um, yeah, I think any team that was looking at a coach would definitely be looking at him. Um, so, yeah, he could be a good option. First game on Saturday, we've got the uh, the Panthers defeating the Seagulls 28-16. to 16. Uh, Panthers still undefeated. Um, but I thought this was a really good game. I thought Manly really pushed them to the limit. Um, the Panthers are just too good. Yeah, well, we kind of said um, last week that, you know, this would be the true gauge of where um, the reinvented Manly, this would be the true gauge of where they're at. And... Well, they didn't win. They they still look good, and I, I think you know, as long as they keep those key players there going forward, they they'll threaten a lot of sides. But the Panthers, as they have done all year, all well, the past couple of years, they pass most tests you put in front of them. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think the Panthers were just really good at keeping Tommy Turbo relatively quiet. Um, and I think that's the key if you want to beat Manly. Um, if Tommy Turbo's out there, you make sure he has as little influence on the game as possible. 
Um, Jason Saab got a great try for Manly um, going like oh, the length of the field. He's fast. He he wasn't even in second gear. It looked like he mm. was jogging, and um, Brian Toto couldn't keep up. And um, yeah, when they showed that other the other angle where you're seeing him run towards the camera, it looked like he was just going out for a morning jog. Um, yeah. I think if if they can get him in open space more, um, he's going to be a very dangerous player. He is just unbelievably quick. Fast. He's just got that big, long stride. And and, and when you saw Dylan Edwards coming at him, he just all it took was a little in and away swerve. And, and yeah, like you said, it doesn't look like he's out of second gear, but he's just breezing past them. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think they'll be disappointed um, that they lost to the Panthers there. But I think seeing how they went against effectively the best team in the competition, um, it's going to have a lot of teams worried about facing Manly, which is great for um, for the Warriors this week. Um, and, yeah, the Panthers, I think, uh, I've been saying it a while, um, I don't think they're going to go the length of the season undefeated. I think a loss is coming. Um, I thought this was the best shot, but they've got some tough games coming up and you you just need to be on your game for that 80 minutes and you can take them, um, but you, you're definitely going to work for it. Yeah, I think once you see them play, I'm pretty sure they play Melbourne again pretty soon, don't they? And well, they, like you say, they've got some tough games coming up. It's such a long and tough competition to go through without suffering you know, a loss or two, so... I think their yeah. time's coming, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and next up on Saturday, we had the Eels defeating the Bulldogs 32-10. to 10. Uh, Another game that isn't really much to go on about. The Eels are still playing well and the Bulldogs are still poor. Bang on. <laughs> what, what, yeah. what do you say? You know, you, you kind of, before the game, saw, saw it playing out with a, with a decent margin. And, yeah, I feel sorry for the Bulldogs a bit because... <laughs> you know, I just don't think that this year is their year. I think they're going to struggle like this for the rest of the year. And then next year onwards, they'll start trending upwards with all their recruitment. You'd agree yeah. with that? Yeah, I think, yeah, 100%. And I think um, a positive, um, it might be a bit facetious, but a positive out of it is if this was a month ago, um, the Bulldogs would have been beaten by 40, 50, 60 points. Um, so to, to lose by 22 to Parramatta, um, while it's still bad to lose, it's not as bad as it has been. So, um, steps in the right direction, but yeah, next season, I think we're going to see the Bulldogs, um, be a lot better. And, uh, that leads us to the last game on Saturday, which was the Roosters defeating the Knights 38 to four. Another one-sided affair, um, Roosters kind of put this game away really early. Um, they scored four tries in the first 20 minutes, and it was basically over there. Um, what did you think? Um, they looked good. <laughs> Some of the tries they scored were pretty breathtaking. Um, yeah, they, they scored some really slick tries. Um, Sam Walker is, you know, for a young kid, how confident is, is that guy? You know, he some of the plays he's able to pull off at his age, um, the Broncos really must rue letting him go. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. The, it's, it's quite remarkable. The Roosters able to march on like this with, with one of the, all the injuries, you know, yeah. One of the worst injury tolls out of all the teams. So uh, I think it's just a big testament to the coaching of Trent Robinson. You know, he's a pretty, 
crude operator and and um, kind of like the storm you know they might have some people drop out but then the next person comes in and does their job and and Trent Robinson's somehow able to get the best out of what he's what what he's got to work with so yeah I, I was really impressed with the roosters on the other hand I th- the Knights are struggling quite a lot without Pierce I think you know they're, they're not looking like a well they're looking like they're in a whole lot of trouble <laughs> yeah they they just look horrible um Kalen Ponga can't do it all on his own. Um, Blake Green offered very little. He reminded me exactly of the Blake Green that was with the Warriors. Yeah. Um, where I was constantly frustrated that he wasn't really showing any direction. And that's what the Knights need right now. They need direction. And um, Adam yeah. O'Brien's, he's dropped Blake Green this week. Um, Phoenix Crossland's come in to replace him. So, it shows that Adam O'Brien wasn't happy with Green's efforts either. But I think if they get some direction, which is one of the best things Mitchell Pierce did for that side, he always directed them well and got them going in the right direction. Even if they didn't win, they still were competitive. And at the moment, they just aren't. Um, yeah, it's good. I think if they don't sort something out quickly, they may as well just start planning for next year. Yeah, it's looking that way at the moment. <laughs> they just, yeah, they weren't even close in this one. And it's at home where traditionally, traditionally, Newcastle are pretty good at home, you know, and they get good crowds. But yeah, not look, they're not looking likely at the moment. Yeah. So then we go into our first game on Sunday, which was the Warriors clinging on to beat the Cowboys twenty-four to twenty. Bit of a stressful game, um, Richie. I think. The Warriors played probably the best half of football this year in that first half. And then that second half, they just um, went into kind of Warriors of old, making a lot of errors and just allowing the Cowboys to get back in. But they'd done enough in the first half and they managed to hold on, thankfully. Um, what, what did you think about it? Well, the first half wasn't stressful. <laughs> By the end of the first half, I was beating my chest like King Kong and getting ready to... Um, <laughs> pull out the phone and text everybody I know, but yeah, it's the old Warriors roller coaster. Um, best first half of the season followed by your worst half of 40 for the season, you know? Um, oh, they don't make it easy sometimes, but uh, yeah, no. really impressed with what Walsh and Toy Vasashek and, and Cody Nikarima were doing in that first half. Um, we looked really fast and, and, and dangerous. Most times we had the ball and, I think, you know, before Walsh has come on board, we we were kind of looking a bit stale on attack, but he just looks like he adds a bit of extra dimension there and, and makes us look a lot more threatening. Oh, he's a talent. Um, he made he made his fair share of mistakes um, in the halves, but there was one he made the mistake on the last tackle and then he managed to use his pace to get out of that and led to... Um, my my man crush Ben Murdoch Masilla scoring another try. Um, shame to see him um, not here this week after getting yeah. um, knocked into next week by uh, Tomololo. Uh, but while I'm on the Ben Murdoch Masilla um, gushing stage, him running down the sideline and stepping Valentine Holmes, um, I think it's going to be with me for some time. <laughs> um, I kind of expected him to just try to run over him. But he put the swerve on and um, got past him and unfortunately didn't go all the way. But 
think, especially with Fanua Blake still injured, I think the Warriors will miss him terribly this week. He was really adding a lot of impact in that forward pack. But, yeah, they just played fast. Um, mm. It was a lot more up-tempo. And when you got the Warriors confident up-tempo, they can do what they did in that first half against anybody. It's just making that go for the whole game as opposed to just 40 minutes. Um, I, I won't just completely blame the Warriors for the second half. I think Todd Payton um, and the Cowboys did very well in that second half. Obviously, they changed their game plan at halftime and said um, the Warriors have got an edge with guys that have played three games of football. Um, mm. We need to be throwing everything we have down that edge. And that's what they did. And that's when the points started to come in. Um, Rocco Berry in his second game for the Warriors, and I think it was like his ninth game of rugby league in total, and Edward Kosey making his debut on the wing, um, who, like, the story's been going around all week. He was working in a warehouse, like, a couple of weeks ago. Um, so they're, they're going to be... I think it makes me, as a Warriors fan, very hopeful for the future. You think a couple of years down the line, you're going to have guys like Kosey, Barry and Walsh as seasoned players in the squad. Um, and... I think it's a great platform for them to learn right now. Um, the Warriors need them out there because everyone's injured. And I think they're fronting. They're just, it's just those little, little things that inexperience um, kind of makes you um, make some errors that you wouldn't make if you'd been there a few years. But um, I think I, I gave them a pass mark, even though the second half wasn't that flash. I think they did enough in the first to leave me reasonably happy. Um, I think, yeah, uh, moving them to uh, a bit more of a comfortable spot in the eight, as long as some games go their way. Uh, so, yeah, good to see. And then all those players come back. I think that they can go into a bit of a momentum-building run. hope so, Brad. I just hope, um, you know, we don't have to rely on putting points in the bank <laughs> uh, <laughs> to hold off late, um, fast finishes from other teams, you know, Nice to see some 80-minute performances. And, yeah, Jordan, I, I did notice Jazz Tavanga having a couple of um, <laughs> a couple of brain snaps towards that end of that first half. And it was just little things like that. Um, and then a lot of drop Reece, ball in the second half. You know, I mean... Reece Robson, that, that try Reese Robson got where he threw the mother of all dummies that Jazz took yeah. Alpine and Sinker. Um, exactly. I don't think Jazz, Jazz will be... Um, ever able to forget that i think all the players will keep showing him videos of it it was horrible yeah, um, it was yeah not something we expect from him so i'm sure i'm sure he'll he'll bounce back i think um he always likes to be in those tough situations and i think they've got a, a very tough game this week which he'll want to make sure he has an impact on so um yeah fingers crossed we we see a bit more out of him this week and, um, yeah, for the Cowboys, I think they're in trouble as well. I think they're, they're struggling. Um, they haven't had the best year. They've got Tom Alolo back. And um, I think he had a decent return. Um, that hit on Ben Murdoch, um, I didn't like seeing, but it was a great hit. And um, I think they need more impact from guys like him and Valentine Holmes if they want to have a, a decent run for playoffs. But I just don't see it happening. No, nor do I. But they'll, they'll need to rely on picking up wins and, and um, in 
closely matched games like this weekend where they come up against the Broncos, you know, they'll want to be targeting those and winning those if they're any shot at all. Yeah. So that takes us to the last game of the round. And um, no, most, of the, most of the rounds so far have kind of had like the, the least exciting game is the very last one. And it was no different with this where the Tigers defeating the Dragons 16 to 8. Um, both sides didn't really play anything special. Um, it was kind of just seeing which team was going to stuff up more. If, I, if I'm going to be honest, there was a lot of errors. Um, I think the only highlight for me was the uh, Tigers debutant, um, Zach Sini. Um, he had a, a horrific, a horrific mullet. I, I, I'm scared that this mullet, I don't know why the mullet's coming back and I wish it would stop, but he had like a whole bay of friends and family there that were there for his debut and he, it looked like he scored a try and they all went up and then the bunker took it off him and then um, a few minutes later he actually got his first try and um, it was kind of a feel-good moment in a game that was utterly disappointing it um, was awesome yeah the game was, but, it, was um, it was a bludger game yeah and yeah, the dragons just don't look to be clicking. I don't know what's going on. The team that they they're becoming the team that I said they were um, after tricking me with a couple of good rounds. Um, but the damage is there. They got enough wins under their belt where I don't see them being the wooden spoon. But yeah, I think they're they're going to still plummet and be out of the eight before we know it. Yeah, the tigers will just be happy to get a win there because, like we were talking about last week, they were. There was rumours of them holding crisis meetings and, ev and everything like that. So they would take any kind of win at the moment and, you know, came at the Dragons' expense. But it was pretty pretty special to see um, the de the debutants, uh, friends and family in the crowd. It was, it was awesome yeah. seeing them point up there and them all going off in the stand. It was pretty cool. Yeah, and Jordan's just commented that Dragons being hot and cold after the Eels win thought they'd be the business. Yeah. I yeah. think um, I think maybe beating a team as good as the Eels might have gone to the head a bit, a bit like what's happening with the Titans now. I think the Titans are kind of believing that they're better than what they actually are, and just think it's going to be easy. And I think maybe the Dragons are the same. Like they just think that um, you know they're going all right. They they've got the goods, but um, you can never go into a game expecting to win in the NRL. It's just too tight. Um, as we saw with the Broncos this week, um, no one, no one would have picked them, and um, they did what they needed to do, got the win, and that can happen to any team. So, the Dragons need to do a bit of soul searching and um, come back. And yeah, the Tigers, they just need to keep improving, otherwise they will be stuck in that wooden spoon territory. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So that was round eight. Um, we had the same picks. Um, this week we we both got two wrong. We uh, got the Titans losing, um, and then um, what was the other game we got wrong? Um, oh, the, the Tigers Dragons. Um, yes. We both picked the Dragons and we got yeah. that wrong. So yeah, um, you could kind of say two upsets that uh, that got us in trouble there. But so that gives us a total. You're still in the lead with 44 picks out of 64 and I'm one behind with 43 out of 64. And um, yeah, this week at least we've got some different picks. So it'll be yep. a bit more interesting. Um, but yeah, looking at the ladder there, we've got Penrith still 
sitting at the top. Um, then Parramatta, Rabbitohs, second and third. Roosters are in there at the fourth. Um, Melbourne, St. George are fifth and sixth. Warriors are actually up to seventh. And the Titans are in the eighth. They're actually the only team in the eight that have more losses than wins, which is not really something you kind of put together um, to being in the top eight. But um, I think we can kind of cement the top five. Yeah. I think um, Penrith the Storm, I think Storm will keep going up. Um, Roosters, it'll be interesting to see how the Roosters go this week with more injuries. Mm. Um see if they can keep that same level that they've been doing. Um, they might have a potential to slide if um, losing Brent Morris and Lindsay Collins proves to be a, a huge thing. But, yeah, I think um, basically 6th to, I'd say, 12th. So we've got Canberra, Manly, and Newcastle from 9th to 11th. Then the Cowboys. I think from the Cowboys up, all have a chance to make the eight. Um, I think the teams that are, don't have a shot are the Sharks at 13th, Tigers 14th, Brisbane and Bulldogs at 15th and 16th. I think they're all guys that you can kind of say they ain't got a shot. Um, but yeah, interesting couple of weeks ahead because there's some good matchups that will really um, make some changes on that ladder. Yeah, but it just shows, like, look at Manly there. Manly are on the move. If you looked a month ago... Um, you know, not many would have predicted them moving up close to the eight like that. So, you know, all it takes yeah. is a is a few nice results on the trot and you can really turn things around. But not too many teams there underneath Manly, I see, being capable of that. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, that's the ladder. Paul, do we have some questions? Yep, no, absolutely. Let's uh, go back to one that's... Um, uh, I was fr from from the beginning with from Wilson lads. You think we should sign Duffy for next season and keep Walsh at six? Speed to burn our spine? No, I don't. Uh, I don't like Duffy. Um, what Duffy offers on attack, he lacks on defence, and sixty percent of the time he drops any ball that's kicked at him. And um, I don't. Yeah, he he's. His positives don't outweigh his negatives. So I don't think so. And I think those negatives are the reason why no one's approached him or the Dragons haven't tried to re-sign him. Yeah, I agree with that completely. I mean, you would have, like the speed, like you say, uh, Wilson, the speed to burn, that, that would be a huge upside on attack. But we've seen it quite a lot this year where he's, he's given up quite a few points just from not grounding grubbers or dropping bombs and... We don't. I don't think we need that here. He, he's definitely helped the Warriors the last few games. He has. Um, with, with his errors. So. Uh, what, uh, Jordan asks, what position do you see TJ and RTS playing in their code swap if and when it happens? I'll let you do this first, Richie. Sure. Um, TJ going to be hooker for, by all accounts, and I think that's where he would suit. He would suit the hooking position down to a T. RTS, it's a tough one. I think you'd be looking at somewhere in the outside backs, but I think New Zealand rugby is pretty well covered for fullbacks, and maybe it's winger that he's he'll he'll end up playing. But I'm not too sure. Yeah, so I I'm with you with 
um, TJ, I think he's going to go straight into to hooker. It's um, the closest like for like that um, they have from his position in union to what he could do in league. And I, I'm not sure about RTS. I feel, yeah, either a winger or they might even try him in the centers. Possibly that seems to be where they like to throw every league player. So um, I think, yeah, possibly there. And it, it all depends on what the blues need yeah. him to do. I think, I think that's the big thing. Um, and yeah, I don't see him being a fullback in union. I think the New Zealand rugby has got too many good ones at the moment. Um, so yeah, they could throw him out on the wing or put him in the midfield somewhere. Yeah, I'm not sure it's what, if it's down to where the Blues want him to be or it's where does uh, where do the All Blacks um, yeah. see him potentially being? Yeah. And, and they having a word and going, oi, play him, try him there and see how he goes. Uh, so we'll yeah. see. And that's that's RTS, obviously, not, not TJ. Mm -hmm. um, um, one for you, Richard, here. Do you think Brad would smile more once May on his calendar is gone and we are starting uh, staring at June and closer to our first home game? Do you think that'll bring a smile on Brad's face? I don't smile. I don't we smile. I'm a miserable old prison. Uh, it, it would put a smile on Brad's face. I'll tell you right now, we were having a little chuckle before the show that Brad misses family members' birthdays for home games and things like that. So <laughs> I think Brad would be smiling oh. like a Cheshire cat. <laughs> I've missed my own birthdays for games too before everyone <laughs> starts throwing hate my way. Um, I, I've missed my own birthday party to go to a game at Eden Park. So... Um, that shows how much um, I had to rather go. But, um, yeah, I, I can't, to be honest, I can't wait till we get some um, games back at Mount Smart. It's been since August 2019 that I've actually got to go to a Warriors game live. And um, So, so, so what, what day was it and how many hours has it been since then? <laughs> uh, I couldn't I couldn't honestly tell you. Um, but, oh, no, I thought you, I thought you yeah, it's, it's just been too long. Um it's been an out of out of world experience this this past season and a half. It's nothing we've ever been used to before, and um, yeah, the sooner they come back, the better. Um, it's definitely saved some money, um, not having to go to the games and spend twenty dollars to buy a beer. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, you just there's nothing that beats being at a game live. It's just awesome. I'm glad you can go down the. Uh, it's been unprecedented times for the past year and past eighteen months. <laughs> I'm not being to a game. It's been it's unprecedented. I'm not being to a game. Um, Jordan asks again: uh, Is Gould behind most of the decision making in all these recent signings and extensions? I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, that's for the Warriors, like all these players that are coming in and things like that. I don't know if he's behind them. I think he's definitely giving his opinion. Um, well, well, every time I've heard him come out, he hasn't really said that it's him. And I feel like he's the kind of guy that would. So um, if, if it was him that got Walsh there, I think he'd be telling everybody. Um, but from what I, just on the Reese Walsh part, from what I've heard Walsh say about what the Warriors did, to um, get him across, he had um, Peter O'Sullivan and Cameron George went and met him um, for a coffee. Then Roger Tuivasa-Shek and Tohu Harris took him out for lunch. Yeah, and that so it was kind of like everyone they were really doing a, a family mentality to get this young kid across. And Peter O'Sullivan um, 
as controversial as he's been in times. Um, he is very good recruiter, and I've been I've been at the front, banging on the fence, saying this guy's meant to be the best recruiter on the planet. Why? Um, where are the players? Because the last few years he hasn't been there. Cameron George has come out and said that when they first got him in, the Warriors had a lot of contracts that they were kind of stuck with and that they wouldn't see movement until they could get rid of some of those players, which we saw at the end of last year. They shed a lot of weight, um, got rid of a lot of players. And once you do that, you can kind of move. And I think a guy like Walsh being in your squad will help get other players here too. I think there'll be a lot of players that would be interested in being in a side that this kid's in. Um, and you kind of need so, that. You need a player that will so bring the, other players so was, in. Was the RTS lunch was look, hey, don't worry, kid, I'm leaving. You can have my you can have my jersey. <laughs> that was that was, was that, was that how lunch went, do you think? Maybe? <laughs> Probably I think it was more um I think you want Roger there because he's the face of the Warriors and he's obviously leaving. So you would want him there to kind of reassure people coming in that I'm not leaving because the Warriors are rubbish and it's a horrible place to be. Yeah. Um, you kind of want him to go, I'm leaving because of this. But if I would stay because of this and that, and that it was great having Tohu. Tohu's probably going to be captain next year. He had just re-signed. So if you've got a player like that that's sticking around even after Rogers leaving, um, I think it's stuff like that. So I don't know who you can really heap the, the praise on. I think it's kind of everyone putting their hand in and, and helping. And, um, yeah, Jordan um, has just commented as well, saying a Q&A with Gould. Uh, oh, he um, he did that, that say on Twitter. That was the question. Um, I, the I question. don't know how to read Nigel it. Nigel has said on, on Twitter that, uh, um, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. that he has no say in player squad or player retention. Um, moving yeah. on then. One from Simon here. Do you think the uh, Johns brothers and Sonny Bill Williams would be good coaches for Samoa? Now, I've seen, I, I thought I'd seen a, a, a news report out saying that Samoa had turned them down. But um, what do you think, guys? I, yeah, you go, Richie. You're Samoan. You, you should probably have <laughs> Yeah, well, I think they're sticking with Parrish, aren't they? They're their um, current coach at the moment through to the World Cup. But yeah, oh, of course, guys of that caliber could only help and you know just look at sort of what what Tonga has done over the past couple of years with with a couple of influential people um, getting involved in the Tonga setup and and now they're getting upsets over Australia so yeah I'm a bit surprised I think I heard that too Paul that they that they sort of said we'll, we'll stick in with the status quo but yeah I would have had a serious look at that if I, <laughs> if it were me yeah, I would have as well. Um, I think it's good that they're they're giving Parrish um, some loyalty after what he's done for them. Um, I think you'll see Sonny Bill in particular will probably be brought in at some point, uh, not as a coach, but probably as a mentor. Um, being completely facetious here, which I'm known to be from time to time, I think it's ironic <laughs> that he wants to help Samoa, but he never wanted to play for them. Um, but yeah. We'll see what happens now. Every time Samoa asked him, come play for us, he was like, nah, I'm good. Um, I'll play for the Kiwis or go play for the All Blacks. So, he was a busy man, Brad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, he's not playing anymore, and if he wants to go and, and help Samoa out, I think it would be great. Um, yeah. 
it really just depends on if they can try to convince players to play for them. I think that's the biggest thing. Tonga were able to get some stars mm. to um, go away from being a kangaroo or being a Kiwi and come play for them. I think that's their biggest hurdle is getting those players that will make them better give up the black jersey or or, or the kangaroos. Yep. Uh, that's all the questions we've got in the, uh, the live chat, guys. Cool. So we may as well go with our questions since we can go a bit late. Sure. Do you want um, me to fire one at you, Brad? Yeah, you go. You go. All right. So I know your your favorite team, the Dragons. Let's talk. Let's talk about them. So they started the year really strongly, and in the past sort of three four weeks, they've regressed really quickly. But what do you where do you think that's gone wrong for them? And, and do you think they can turn it around? I don't think they can turn it around. Um, I think, as we discussed in their game, I think they just got a bit too big for their bridges. I think they thought they were better than what they were. And if I want to put a, a cheeky answer in, I'll say it's... Um, oh, his name's gone out of my head now. The player they just signed from... Um, Maguire. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, Maguire hasn't won a game this year. I know. Um, it's funny, isn't it? He, he went from being in a, a poor team that couldn't win. And then now, um, once he left the Cowboys, the Cowboys got better and the Dragons got worse. So um, I'm sure it's not his fault, but it, it, it's a pattern. Um, but yeah, I don't see them coming, um, getting back into where they were. I think they had a, a nice little um, bit of form and now they're going back to what we all thought they would do. So it was a bit of a case of them punching above their weight for a few weeks. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure they'll get a few more wins this year. It's not like they're going to go on a huge losing streak, but nothing that's going to um, have them looking at the top eight. Sure. And my question for you, um, we'll go back to the Warriors because that's all we really talk like talking about anyway. Um, yeah, but was CHT, was CHT and you and Aiken set to return either this week or next, what would you do with the Warriors game day 17? Who would you drop? To bring them back that's a pretty loaded question um i've been loving what walsh has been doing so much that i'd be hard pressed to kick him out of the team because i think he's just had such a good effect on our attack um with whether that means cht comes in and walsh stays six and and cody goes back to 14 that might be a way to go but if you'd asked me last week, I'd probably say, yeah, let's put Cody on the bench as an impact player and have Harris Tavita and Walsh in the halves. But that first half, Cody really showed us what he could do. It just depends on if he could deliver on that week in, week out. He hasn't really been the most consistent of players. But when he runs the ball, he adds he adds something really special as well. But, yeah, if I'm pushed, I'd yeah, I'd probably Cody to number 14 impact off the bench, um, Harris Tavita, Walsh in the halves. I'd bring Aitken back in because, um, you know, with Fusatua going to be out for a wee while, um, we're going to need some experience in the outside back. So I'd put Aitken back in the centres and then for the wing, I'm not sure whether you persist with Kosi a bit or maybe try Rocco Berry there. Or, But, you know, I think, I, yeah. I've, just got, I've got a man I, crush for Walsh now, so I'd keep him in there <laughs> either way. Yeah, I think I think I I would probably same as you in the in the middle. I'd probably yeah 
move Cody, keep Walsh and Chanel there. Um, and then for the centers, I'd bring Aiken in straight away. And mm. I would I would keep Berry. I like Berry, and I would yeah. move Pom- Pompey to the wing. I um I like Pompey um as yeah. a winger. I don't like him as a center because he doesn't know how to pass. Um so I would do that and then I'd let Cossi go back down, um, have a few more games in reserve grade and get ready. Um, but yeah, I think that is the way to strengthen it. Or you take Barry out and you put Aiken in. It's either it's gonna be either way, but I think Barry's showing um enough quality. Um so if I had to pick between Barry and Cossi for which one would get dropped, it would be Cossi at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair that's fair to say. I think that yeah, I think that would that would be a winning combo, don't you? Yeah. Um so yeah, I'll call Nathan Brown after this and let him know. Um cool, yeah. What 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 he needs to do. But um <laughs> we may as well get into our, our round nine preview now. Um so on Thursday. As we see on our nice little picture, we've got the Rabbitohs versus the Storm. Um, I've picked the Storm. I think I would have picked the Storm anyway, but um, Adam Reynolds uh, isn't playing for the Rabbits, so yeah. um, I think I think no Latrell, no Reynolds. It might be a bit too hard. Yeah, uh, players missing in key areas. Eh, um, yeah. as as good as the Rabbitohs are traveling, I've picked Storm as well. And then uh, next up on Friday, we got first up, we got the Panthers versus the Sharks. Uh, seeing what the Sharks did last week, um, I have to go with the Panthers. Me too. I don't give the Sharks much of a show here. Yeah. And then last game on Friday, we got the Eels versus the Roosters. Um, our first game, we're going different because I'm going with the Eels. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. the Roosters have just got too many people injured now. See, I've gone roosters. You're right; they have got a fair few people injured. But when I glance at the at the team sheet, they've still got quality in pretty much every position. And yeah. I just really like what I'm seeing out of their young players, like like um, Sam Walker and and yeah. I I think it's a tough one to call, but mm. I think I've just gone roosters just to be different to you. <laughs> yeah, I think it is one of those games where. Um, if you, you watched it and the Eels won, you wouldn't be surprised. And then if the Roosters won, you wouldn't be surprised either. It's Absolutely. that close. So, um, yeah, it's good that we have a different opinion for once. Yeah. Um, the first game on Saturday, we've got the Raiders and the Knights. Um, I don't think either team's doing well right now, but I'm going with the Raiders. I think the Knights just haven't shown me anything that shows that they're capable of winning here. Yeah, I went with the Raiders too, and... It is almost a little bit like what what's the lesser of two evils at the moment, and yeah, I yeah. think being at home, this this might be the week where the Raiders finally jag one. Yeah, and then uh, the next game on Saturday, we've got the Tigers and the Titans. Um, I've gone with the Titans. I think the Tigers still look sloppy. Uh, the Titans will be looking to bounce back, and they've got Big Tino again this week, so I think he's a great addition. So I, I can't go past them. Yeah, Big Tino helps them a lot. They need to um, – I'd like to see them playing a full 80 minutes because they've had a few games now where they've been really good for, for a patch and then and then really fallen away. So I think if yeah. they play the majority of the game like they can, that they should be well too strong for the Tigers. Yeah. 
And uh, next game is another game we differ on. We've got the Cowboys versus the Broncos. I'm going with the Broncos. Um, I just, yeah, I think I think they hustled me with how they played against the Titans, and I've just got a, a little bit of confidence that they um, can build on that win. And I don't think the Cowboys have um, shown me enough. So it's going to be tight, but, yeah, I'm going with Brisbane. Yeah, it's a tough one to pick. You know, that this rivalry match normally throws up some pretty epic games. Um, and the Broncos definitely gave me some food for thought over the weekend, but uh, they haven't been the most consistent team. So I don't. That's the challenge for them is backing that up. And and I've I've just gone Cowboys. I, I'm not sure that they can back it up, but we'll see. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, the first game on Sunday, we've got the Sea Eagles versus the Warriors. I've gone with the Sea Eagles here. Um, sea Eagles love beating the Warriors, and um, it's a home game for them. And I think I, I'm hoping the Warriors put a good performance, but I think Tommy Turbo, um, after having a week being kept quiet, is going to come out of the gates quick. Yeah, um, yeah, Manly are looking a different team with Tommy there. That's for sure. Um, we got close last time, and but we played terribly, so. It's a tough one. This is one of those, my head says manly, my heart says warriors. So I'm going with my heart on this one, mate. I feel like the warriors can get a bit of revenge. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's probably the only game I like getting wrong is when I pick against the warriors and the warriors prove me wrong. Um, yeah. So I, I'd love to see the warriors win here. I just, yeah, I don't see it happening, unfortunately. Um, and that takes us to the last game. Um, going with my trend of saying the last game's generally the least exciting. We've got the Dragons and the Bulldogs. Um, both sides are horrible, uh, but I see the Dragons getting this one. I think um, the Bulldogs still haven't shown me enough that they can sneak a win here, and I think the Dragons um, will be hurt from that loss uh, against the Tigers and want to bounce back. Yeah, they'll be hurt from the past uh, three weeks where they've where they've <laughs> dropped a few games and and you know seen their top four position slip away. But another week with their with, with Ben Hunt back in the saddle, I think they should edge it. Yeah. Cool. So that's so we've got three games different this week. We've got the Eels-Roosters game, the Cowboys-Broncos, and Seagulls-Warriors. So we'll see we'll see a bit of movement in our total tallies. Um, fingers crossed it's in my favour. Uh, <laughs> before we move on, um, we've got Simon's picks as well. Simon's picked, um, Simon's picked the Storm by four, the Panthers by ten, the Roosters by eight, the Raiders by one, Titans by eight, Broncos by four, Warriors by four, and Dragons by eight. So he's kind of in between us. He's picked some of the games I picked and some of the games you picked. Um, I'll take that because he said Warriors. Good on you, Simon. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah. So um, hopefully hopefully we um, I'm in the minority and we see a good Warriors win then. Yeah. and I see Jordan's just asked a question too um, before we go on to Super League, saying should the Warriors um, should the NRL offer the Warriors and their fans a Magic Round next year to repay them? Um, yeah, definitely. I think Magic Round should come to New Zealand. Um, I, I I don't want to go to the the stadium; they'll probably do it in. So I say they should take it to Wellington. Do it to um, do it in Wellington. Yeah, and then at least it's close to to you there, Richie. Yeah. Um, so, I oh yeah, Nigel just said it's Mother's Day this Sunday, so Warriors to win. Um, 
yeah happy mother's day mom i, I won't be there but i'll be watching the warriors <laughs> um but i'll give you a call or a text or something um yeah so we'll see um yeah i think magic ground would be great here um it'll, it'll most likely be at eden park um but yeah eden park or wellington i think are probably the two better venues for that type of environment um they could probably take the beating of having um so many games happening in one weekend so um yeah i think it'd be great um and hopefully they decide to give us an anzac gay game here next year too yeah that'd be nice wouldn't it be nice to have a home yeah. game over the storm for once <laughs> in, yeah. a, in, a, in an anzac uh game an anzac we always we always seem to be going over there and, and having the chip stacked against us be nice to flip that yeah Cool. So we'll go into some um, Super League news um, just to um, cover off. Greg Inglis made his debut for Warrington this week. Uh, I thought he played reason. Yeah, he scored a try. I thought he played reasonably well for his first game in ooh, how long has it been? It's been a while. Um, been a while. So I'm sure Warrington will um, be looking forward to him getting a bit more fit and uh, making a big impact. And um, for the Naughty Boy Corner, Wigan forward Tony Club's been given an eight-match ban for using unacceptable language based on national or ethnic origin. Um, we won't, won't repeat what he said on the show. Um, obviously, we've got to keep our PG rating. Um, but, yeah, uh, not not a good look for, for the sport up there. Um, and yeah, yeah, silly, crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, not good. And I see Simon's mentioned Wellington's a good idea for the Magic Round um, to show the NRL the viability of having a team in Wellington. Yeah, it's kind of a win-win. Yeah. You get uh, New Zealand fans um, get a get a nice round of football and the NRL can kind of see um, the market that they have down there for a potential new side down in, New, down in Wellington. Yeah, and hopefully I can um, meet so, a, hopefully I can meet a few of the few of the players down Courtney Place and have a beer with some of the warriors that'd be great yeah um so we'll go into our match uh, our round five review for the super league we had um wigan just beating hull fc 16 to 14 um kevin dragons got back into winning again defeating wakefield trinity 38 18 um st helens defeated lee 22 12 i thought it was a great showing for lee since they've just come back into the comp I thought they'd be the whipping boys, but to go up that close to St. Helens, quite good. Mm. Um, Castleford defeated Salford 28-18. Um, Warrington, as we just said, Greg Inglis was back. They um, defeated Hull KR 50-26. to um, Before this, uh, the round ended with um, Huddersfield defeating Leeds 14-13. to um, So uh, Wigan is still undefeated, uh, which is great to see for me. But... Um, yeah, some interesting scores there, a few real close ones, and then that big blowout. Um, there's no round six this week because um, it's Challenge Cup time again. So we've got the Challenge Cup quarterfinals this week. Um, on Friday, we've got Catalans versus Warrington. Should be a really good clash with how Warrington started to play and Catalans is being really good too. So yeah. should be a great clash. Um, also on Friday, we've got St. Helens versus Huddersfield. Um, before the round finishes on Saturday with Hull FC versus Wigan and Castleford versus Salford. So if I had to pick, I'd say Catalans would win St. Helens, Wigan, and I'm not sure about Castleford and Salford. 
But, um, yeah, that's a toughie. Yeah, we'll cover those results next week. So um, before we let everyone go, you got anything else to bring up, Richie? Oh, just make sure you do text your mum on on Sunday, mate. Don't don't let the game uh, make you forget that. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just you know looking forward I'm to writing it down. Yeah, good man. Just looking text forward mum. to the round of footy. You know, um, hopefully the Warriors get a nice nice W over the Manly Seagulls. That's always nice getting one up over them. And yeah, thanks everybody for yeah. your questions. Yeah, um, Simon said all the Challenge Cup um, games will be on Sky Sport 4 um, this weekend. And um, Jordan also mentioned disappointing to hear Warriors legend Manu Vatavai involved in some alleged bad off-field antics. Um, I was thinking about if I should put it in the news or not. Um, I think I'm going to wait until we've actually got a bit more. Um, it's not a good look. Um, but yeah, as, as you said there, Jordan, we're all human. Um we, we can be prone to mistakes, so I'll, I'll keep an eye on the news on that and um, have a bit more of an informed um, bit of news for you guys when I can. Um, thanks. Thanks, Nigel. Um, yeah, so thank you, all of you, um, for tuning in tonight and joining us on the standoff with Brad and Richie for your weekly update on Rugby League. Uh, tune in to our show next week at 8 p.m., here on Facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Good night, everyone. Cheers. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.